Hello, and thank you for joining us for the Hatchbend Apostolic Church web broadcast. In our society today, some, and yes, sadly, maybe even most, question the value of preaching in their lives. But we still believe what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. In essence, Paul preached that God has chosen the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And so that's why we still place such a high value on the preached word of God in agreement to the scripture. And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from the pulpit of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. before I get started. I can't say too much because I'll start crying and the train will crash before it ever takes off. So I do want to say happy Mother's Day to all of you, but specifically to my mother. I love you. To Sister Boyd, we all love you. We appreciate you. I want to tell Sister Cricket a big thank you. She handled the photo backdrop this year and it is gorgeous. So make sure you stick around if you haven't done so already and get some pictures made. Um, One last reminder about our Mother's Memorial. Um, You can give online. You can drop it in the offering box in the foyer. But thank you. Thank you for your faithful giving, your monthly giving. Because of your monthly pledges from our Commitment Sunday, our church can send in offerings to all of the little special offerings that we have without ever really pressing, without ever doing any fundraising. We don't have to push. We can just give freely because you give faithfully. So thank you. The Lord gave me this thought, no exaggeration, back in August or September of last year. And I know why it was so long ago. You may think it's because I was super spiritual and just already, you know, plugged in. Nope, absolutely not. He, he knows me And he knew that it would take me this long to embrace it. And honestly, it wasn't until last Sunday when Brother Boyd got all up in my notes and confirmed it, and I finally accepted it. So with that said, I want to read from Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verses 1 through 8. We know this scripture well. To everything there is a season... And a time to every purpose under heaven, a time to be born, and a time to die, a time to plant, and a time to pluck up that which is planted, a time to kill, and a time to heal, a time to break down, and a time to build up, a time to weep, and a time to laugh, a time to mourn, and a time to dance. I want to stop here just for a second. I'm not speaking about seasons, even though I really, really wanted to. That wasn't it. But I do feel like I need to just remind someone, whatever season you find yourself in right now, remember it's just a season. It's not a life sentence. And we know that in nature, especially here in Florida, we know that some seasons last much longer than other seasons. So wherever you find yourself, if you're in that season of mourning, that season of weeping, the losing season, and it may feel like, and you may have been there for what seems like years, just look up because there is a winning season coming. Just keep holding on. Sister Middleton said something at ladies' conference, and it stuck with me. I wrote it down. She said, the roots that we grow in our current season will follow us into our next season. 
So with that, I just want to remind you to be careful with what you're planting in the season of weeping, in that season of mourning, because you don't want to carry those things. You don't want to carry the bitterness or the anger or the frustration into your winning season. That could hold you back. So be very careful. Verse 5, a time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones, a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing, a time to get and a time to lose, a time to keep and a time to cast away, a time to rend and a time to sow, a time to keep silence and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time of war and a time of peace. When we were expecting Case, I was extremely anemic. This was not news to me. I'd been anemic my whole life. But when my doctor brought it up, I could see the fear and concern in her eyes. So, of course, I became worried myself. She never really explained what it meant for the baby. She was just worried about me. So, of course, I went home and Googled, you know, the effects of anemia on an unborn child. And it was very frightening. There were many, many very serious side effects. But for whatever reason, the one that logged into my, my brain was that it could cause delays in language development and possibly cause the child to be nonverbal. And that really scared me. As a teacher, that just really frightened me. So with that in the back of my mind, here came Case. He was growing. He hit every milestone. He was doing all the things that he should be doing when he should be doing them. But then he started coming into the age where he should start saying words, and he didn't. So then all of those fears came flooding back. He would just point and grunt. That's all he did, point and grunt. So I began using the phrase, use your words. When he wanted something, I made him tell me the words, articulate what he wanted. If he threw down, pitching a fit, I made him calm down, express himself to communicate how he felt. If you've ever been around Case any length of time, you will know that he is, in fact, very verbal. He knows this. He hears it a lot. Nowadays, I, he doesn't hear me say, Case, use your words. He hears me say, Case, be quiet, to which he responds, but mom, you always told me to use my words. So... As I was thinking on this, because it comes up quite often, I began to equate this situation in a more spiritual sense. So I want to focus on the end of verse 7, a time to keep silence and a time to speak. There is a time to be quiet, but there's also a time to use our words. We are much more comfortable, or I know I am, in that keep silent part, because I can stay in my comfort zone and stay quiet. We don't have to exercise any great faith when we're staying silent. We're not vulnerable when we're quiet. Speaking requires a whole different level of faith. And I'm not talking about speaking in front of people, although yes, that requires a great faith. I'm just talking about speaking to others, reaching for others, speaking up. It requires boldness. It requires self-control. It requires tactfulness and complete surrender to God so that he has the authority to speak through you. But I have come to tell someone today that it is, in fact, time to speak up. It is time to speak up for yourself 
It is time to speak up for your family. It is time to step out of your comfort zone and speak up. Miracles don't happen in your comfort zone. Strongholds are not going to be broken in your comfort zone. Victories are not going to be won in your comfort zone. So if you find yourself praying for miracles, if you're needing a miracle, if you're praying for strongholds to be broken, if you're praying for victories, step out. Do something that you're not comfortable doing. In Joshua 2, this is what Brother Boyd was preaching about last Sunday, we read the story about when Rahab hid the spies. In verses 12 and 13, she asks that they will have mercy on her and her family and spare them. This was a brave act all the way around. She risked her life to hide these spies. And then she used boldness, showed boldness again by speaking up and asking that they repay her by saving her and her family. Ladies, I'm speaking to the ladies, but not just you. It is time for us to lay down our fears, lay down our insecurities, and speak up for our families. They're depending on us. If you have lost children, if you have lost loved ones, keep reaching out to them. Tell them that you love them. You may think that they know it, but they need to hear it. Let them know that you are praying for them, that you are fasting for them. They need to know that. Keep inviting them to church. They may tell you no a hundred times. They may give you every excuse under the book. Keep, keep pressing. Keep inviting them. Because of Rahab's boldness, she and her entire family were saved. Then later on in chapter 6, we read about when the Israelites came back to the city and began marching around the walls of Jericho. We know the story. They marched once a day, six days, and then seven times on the seventh day. But it wasn't the marching, it wasn't the walking, it wasn't the seven times that broke down those walls. It was when they gave a loud shout. That shout made those walls come crashing down. They had to use their voice in order to see a triumph. They probably felt silly for making so much noise, but their noise had a purpose. Never let the enemy convince you that your voice is foolish. You have a purpose. If we want to see some walls come crashing down, it's going to take a shout of praise. Sometimes we are just like Case when he would just point and grunt and expect everyone to figure out what he wanted. We do that same thing to God sometimes. We just expect him to know what we're going through and then just wave his magic wand and work everything out for us. Sometimes we even throw throw little tantrums when we don't see it happening when we think it should happen. But... Even blind Bartimaeus had to use his words. In Mark 10 and 51, it says, Jesus answered and said unto him, What wilt thou that I should do unto thee? Jesus was asking him, What do you need me to do? What do you want? How can I help you? And the blind man said unto him, Lord, that I might receive my sight. Did Jesus know that he was blind? Yes. Does Jesus know what's troubling you? Yes. I know that if it troubles me, it troubles him. If it's a bother to me, it's a bother to him. If it's a worry to me, he's concerned also. But he still wants me to speak it. He wants me to use my words and ask. In Mark 11 and 23, we are challenged to speak to our mountain and tell it to move, and it will be moved. We don't have time. I've heard it preached more in the last few months than ever before. We don't have time. 
We are running out of time. We don't have time to keep dealing with the same struggles day after day and year after year. If you're battling the same issues that you were battling 20 years ago, if you're still tripping over the same messes, I challenge you before this day is over, you better get it under the blood. If you come to my house unannounced, that's fine. Just know that you're going to be greeted at the door with an obstacle course of shoes that my family just kicks off when they come in. I I trip over these shoes every day. I know that they're there, and I still trip over them. It's not my mess to clean up. But if I don't want to break my neck, I better reach down and move some shoes. Some of you are dealing with messes that you may not have made yourself. You might have inherited some messes. And you can keep pointing fingers and you can keep placing the blame on whoever it is. But in the end, it's you and it's your family. Just clean up the mess. Move it out of your way. Speak to your mountain and get it out of your way, whatever it is. Whatever is holding you back, whatever is troubling you, Speak to it and tell it to move. You can't help others if you're constantly having to fix yourself. It's time to speak to your mountain, whatever it is, whatever's tripping you up, get it under the blood, get deliverance, get victory today. It's going to take faith and it's going to take a personal commitment from you. You're going to have to trust God and you're going to have to make up your mind today. Be determined to lay it down, and then leave it there. Don't go back to it when times get tough. Don't, get back to, don't, don't go back to it in a moment of weakness. Leave it there and walk away. This scripture doesn't tell us to pray for our mountain so it will move. It doesn't say to fast for your mountain so it will move, and those are great things, and we should do those things. But here we are specifically instructed to say to our mountain. We may have to actually voice the words, not today, Satan. You're not getting my family. I'm not falling into that trap again. It's not going to happen. So speak to your whatever it is, whatever it is that's troubling you, and get it out of your way so that you can reach others. Your family is depending on it. Your coworkers, your friends, they're needing you. Get your mountain out of your way. Using your words can be very risky. There are times that we do need to be silent, and we must use discernment to know when those times are. Do not speak in the heat of anger. Do not speak if you're not prayed up yourself. Do not speak unless you have all the details and the facts. Do not speak if it goes against the word of God. Do not speak if you don't feel the Holy Spirit leading you. We can do a lot of damage with our words, but we can also move mountains with our words. I want to leave you with this quote from Melinda Gates. She once said that a woman with a voice is by definition a strong woman, but the search to find that voice can be remarkably difficult. So I challenge you today to find your voice and then be bold enough to use your words. This message has been brought to you today by the media ministry of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. 
We pray that it's ministered to you in some way, and we'd like to take this opportunity to invite you to join us in service here at Hatchbend Apostolic. Our Sunday services begin at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night service at 7.30 p.m. For any more information or to speak with our ministry staff, please feel free to call our church office at 386-935-2806 or you can visit the contact link here on our website. Again, thank you for listening and we pray God's richest blessings on you and your family.